You're listening to the Women's Hope Podcast of the Masters University with Dr. Shelby Cullen and Kimberly Cummings. Join them as they bring hope and encouragement through 25 years of combined experience in biblical discipleship and counseling as ACBC counselors. Shelby and Kimberly provide biblical and practical wisdom by coming alongside women with the teaching and resources necessary to grow in the grace and the knowledge of their Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Welcome to the Women's Hope Podcast. I'm Kimberly Cummings, and I am here with my dear sister and friend, Shelby Cullen. Shelby, how are you doing? I am doing really well, Kim. I'm especially enjoying this wonderful, well, California fall weather. Let's put it that way. (laughs) It's better than the hundreds. (laughs) Yeah, we're not at 110 or 117, so we can pull our boots out, right? We can pull our boots out, and I notice that you're wearing yours. (laughs) Yes, and you're wearing yours. Yes, I am. (laughs) Yeah, it's below 85, so yeah. Pull out the boots. This is this is the California way. Yeah, well, it boots aside, it's always a blessing to be with you. You're a treasure, and I'm so thankful that we can be back in the recording studio and, uh, Lord willing, be an encouragement to our listeners who we appreciate deeply. Uh, it's a real blessing, a real privilege that we get to speak about our Lord and Savior in practical ways. Absolutely. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Very, very, very thankful. So, Shelby, speaking of dear, we have a dear guest today. I would like to welcome Susan Heck. Susan, welcome. Thank you. Thank you so much, girls. It's a joy to uh, talk with you. I'd love to see you face to face, as Paul would say, but maybe another time. But thank you for having me. Yeah, it, it, we are so thankful. We are really the privileged ones. This is your third time to be on our on our podcast and uh, <laughs> we're not counting or anything, but, you know, there's times that we don't have people back. So <laughs> we, we would have you more and more often, but you're a very, a very busy woman. And so I want to share with our listeners uh, a little bit about you, Susan, before we get started. You have been bo- involved in women's ministry for about 40 years and yeah, about 40, 45, something like that. Now. Wow. Wow. Uh, this has mm-hmm. included teaching Bible studies, counseling, and heading up uh, the ladies with the master's women's ministry at Grace Community Church in Tulsa, Oklahoma. And you are also uh, in good company because you are a certified biblical counselor with the Association of Certified Biblical Counselors. And you have been certified since 2003. Yeah, and almost 20 years now. I should get a 20-year something. Like a celebration. Something. You should. <laughs> I support that. <laughs> oh, But you are also the author of a series of Bible studies for women called With the Master. And Susan, your teaching ministry has had a profound effect on so many women, but it has been an outgrowth of your memorization work on the Bible. You've memorized, since we interviewed you last, the whole New Testament. You were wrapping it up when we interviewed you last. And so you're done. That is true. Yeah, congratulations. (laughs) I finished a few years ago to God's God's grace and his glory. That is um, amazing. I'm very humbled that he would let me do that. Mm. So Mm. it's been a joy. It's been the joy of my heart. And even now to review is just, such a blessing each day. So that is so good. Now, where are you in the Old Testament? Because I understand you're also memorizing the Old Testament right now. 
Right. After I finished the New Testament, my husband and his wisdom encouraged me to review every book of the Bible, uh, you know, carefully, slowly, make sure that I really uh, had it down well, which I did before I started the old. So when I finished, uh, I started with Ecclesiastes, finished that. And now, and I did, I think I stopped to memorize Isaiah 53. And then I started in Genesis and I'm now in chapter 15. Abraham's getting ready to have his horrible dream. So <laughs> that's wow. where I'm at. But wow. um, so that's where I'm at. I memorized Joan a long time ago before my daughter went off to master's college years ago. She's in her 40s, so that's been a while. But so that's um, pretty much where I am in the Old Testament right now, just kind of plodding along. That is absolutely amazing. I, we actually did an interview with Susan on how to memorize scripture. So be sure to go and listen to that. I believe it was episode nine. And we still we still hear from women all the time that they listen to that episode. And that was, what, probably five or six years ago. So congratulations. This has just been such a tremendous accomplishment. Now, Susan, I did tell you probably 12 or 13 years ago in Kansas when I heard you speak that if if we as believers were ever imprisoned for our faith, I want to be in a cell next to you. <laughs> <laughs> you and several other people. Yeah. And then with, before my husband went to glory, they wanted to be in there with both of us because Aww. between the two of us, mm. uh, we could have probably helped a lot of people out. So mm. anyway, yeah, that's that's funny. You're mm. not the first person to say that. <laughs> <laughs> well, Praise the Lord, we're not in prison, and you're mm -hmm. having a profound influence on women all over the country and the world, and you are able to freely speak about our glorious Lord and Savior. So today, we would like to continue what Shelby and I started with our last recording, which is a series on suffering. And we felt in this three-part series that it would be great to include an interview with someone who has recently gone through the fire and who has seen firsthand suffering in a very intimate way. So the last time Shelby and I got together, we gave a theology of suffering. And it's our prayer that as we understand who we are in Christ, that we understand the privilege uh, that it is and the honor that it is to suffer uh, and honor God in our suffering, right? Because suffering, we realize, is a gift from God, right? So at, at times, the weight of our suffering can be very, very intense. And without the hope of our future glory that is promised through the work of Jesus Christ, we would surely collapse under the weight of the consequences of living in a broken world where suffering comes from, right? Shelby, I oh, mean, Oh yeah, absolutely. I, mm -hmm. Because we we are incapable of doing this on our own. Mm -hmm. Yep. So So Susan, you have not collapsed by any stretch of the imagination. <laughs> <laughs> if you collapse, it's going to be on your way to glory because you're just <laughs> going nonstop. I look to see when we could have you speak next year and your calendar is full. Praise the Lord. For a couple of reasons, first of all, that you have you have seen your responsibility con to continue in the giftedness that God has given you and in spite of your suffering. And it also shows me that there are women who are hungry for sound teaching. 
And none of that fluff and puff, what you call it, Susan. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yes. So, so that encourages me. So you have not collapsed, but you have championed forward by the grace of God. And you even did so in the midst of the loss of your beloved Doug a little over a year ago. So can you tell us, Susan, just what happened a little over a year ago? And then specifically, how this scripture memory that you have done so well in played into your season season of loss and how you responded? Well, um, sure. I'd be happy to share. A little over a year ago, actually, my sister passed away very suddenly. Uh, she, I had just seen her for her birthday. She looked wonderful. And three weeks later, she was dead. She didn't know she was full of cancer. And so my husband and I went to her memorial service and uh, he contracted COVID from a family member at that memorial service. And so um, he was, my husband had had a stroke four years ago, even though he was back in the pulpit and he was preaching through Romans. He finished Romans and started the gospel of Matthew. He was doing well. You wouldn't have even know he had a stroke, but he had diabetes. And uh, so he was at risk and we talked about it. Um, we talked about if he got COVID, what he would do and things like that. So anyway, he did contract it. And, um, five days later he fell in our home and I couldn't lift him up. And so I had to call a guy in our church. He came and helped me. But when we stood him up, he was very strange. I didn't know if he was having another stroke, uh, or what was going on. So I called an elder in our church who happened to be his doctor and uh, asked what to do. And he said, well, he may be a sepsis. You need to call an ambulance, which I did. And that very day, that particular hospital uh, closed down any uh, family members to be with COVID patients. So I was not able to be with him. My son, who's a pastor in Wichita, Kansas, about three hours from me, came immediately and spent well, we didn't know Doug was going to pass, but we just thought, you know, he was going to be coming home. And he really did sound really well the next day and energetic. And I said, well, let you know, tell the doctors I'm ready to come get you. And anyway, to make a long story short, his sugars uh, were too high for, to allow that. And then he went on uh, oxygen and a ventilator and then a, a, a yeah, BPAC and then a ventilator. And so Uh, He was in the hospital 10 days and my son stayed with me the entire time. I'm very grateful for uh, my two children who have been such a blessing to me in the last year. But anyway, uh, on August 17th, I got a call at 123 um, in the morning saying he was gone. And so my son and I got dressed and I, I wanted to see him. I knew he wasn't there, but I, it was important for me to go. And he actually was, still warm. And, um, you know, I talked to him. I'm sure, I'm sure he didn't hear me, but it was, it was something I needed to do. Um, and so that's what happened. And it was very interesting because when I got the call, I went to my bathroom to get dressed and, uh, I have a calligraphy from a teaching I did on Jehoshaphat's prayer. Lord, I don't know what to do, but my eyes are on you. And I draw out 11 principles of what to do when you don't know what to do. And I said, Lord, I don't know what to do. But I'm going to practice these things that are calligraphy. The ladies did that for me. I'm going to acknowledge your goodness. I'm going to acknowledge your greatness. I'm going to praise you. I'm going to 
do all of these things because I do not know what to do. And so I was really thankful to have that glaring at me in the face Wow! <laughs> before we headed off to the hospital. And then the next morning, um, I had to call the associate pastor at that time. And uh, before I put something on our, we had a Yahoo group and for our church and I needed to let them know that their pastor had passed away, but I needed to let our associate know first. So anyway, I called him and I said, you know, um, the Lord gives, the Lord takes away. Blessed be the name of the Lord and let him know that Doug was gone. So uh, that's kind of what happened. We had his memorial service the next Saturday. And then um, I went out the next week and went had 12 speaking engagements back to back. And I don't know how I did it except for the grace of God. Um, because, uh, yeah, it was it was a lot, but God gave me strength and grace during those times. And I'm so, so very thankful that he allowed me to still minister in the midst of such deep pain and sorrow. We were six days short of being married 46 years when God took him. So, yeah, you know, I I was just thinking just a lot, lots going on in my mind right now as I'm just listening mm. to you share your story. And I am always just so appreciative of how these various different places that God allows us to study come into play in our own very own lives, you know, and just the the fact that you were able to lean on that prayer and what you had taught on it is just such a blessing just to think about how the Word of God um, just works in that moment, Mm -hmm. you know, of loss. And I was also thinking about the fact that, uh, and I talk to my students about this all the time, that just the importance you know, of the body of believers, um, even though um, you had 12 weeks of speaking engagements, we're still talking about uh, the body of believers, um, you know, even in that sense, uh, just the local church, how much God uses that as an instrument, um, you know, by which Christ ordained to help believers um, as they go through these different struggles and personal trials. And so I'm always advocating quite strongly that the church is such a valuable part of our lives. And mm-hmm. we certainly we, we certainly talk about that even when we're counseling with people, you know, just being integrated in the body of Christ. And and you mentioned it. You said you said that not only did, you know, did you lose your dear husband, but you had to uh, tell others that they lost their pastor. And that's just extremely profound. Um, so how did the church actually come alongside you personally, Susan? Um, and then I guess with that, how would you encourage um, other women here that we're, we're speaking to? Should they maybe go through the same type of trial? Well, it, you know, it's interesting. Right after that, I also um, went to ACBC was just a few weeks after he passed. And I had already signed up for a how to help those that are grieving, which I thought was ironic, not knowing my husband would be gone. And after I got listened to the the man who was doing the workshop, I went up and I said, you know, I lost my husband, my pastor, and my role as a pastor's wife all in one day. Wow. And he said, whoa. <laughs> and I said, I know. And I thank you for your teaching. It's really been a blessing. And so I lost a lot in one day. But but you know what? I gained a lot, too. But I, I will say the church, my church was fantastic in in helping and caring for me, uh, taking me out to dinner, uh, spending time with me, uh, checking on me, even to even to this day, I have several people in my church that uh, have, will take me out to dinner. They'll text me. They'll uh, just you know check on me and see how I'm doing. Do I need something done at my home? 
since I'm alone. And so I will say that my church has come alongside me and, and been a blessing. But I will tell you just um, from experience for me, and I've talked to many widows since Doug's past, around the third or fourth month, I really started to feel the the pain of being alone and mm. widowhood. And that's when I felt like, and no, no, no fault of my church or anything like that, but just that's kind of when people think, okay, you're okay now. So <laughs> I'm right. moving on, but, but I've really been realizing that's when somebody who's lost a loved one really needs support. And a lady in my church, she lost her husband one month after Doug died. And she said, Susan, I think we need to apologize to all the widows that we've known because we haven't done right. And I said, but we didn't know. Now we know. Mm-hmm. Now we know uh, the loneliness and the pain, but now we know when is the best time they really need someone. Mm-hmm. And it's not necessarily right then, but it's later on um, <clears throat> when the grief, I think, really hits hard. And for me and for most widows I've talked to, they've said the same thing. It's between the three and four month mark where it just, you all of a sudden realize this is for real. They're not coming back. This is my life. And uh, it's painful. So, uh, but yeah, the church has played such a beautiful part. And you know what's so great, girls? It wasn't just the body at Grace Community Church, but um, I have to say because of uh, the ministry being expanded throughout the U.S. and even around the world, some of the women listened to my YouTube channel from other countries. And mm-hmm. so when they got the word that my husband had passed away, many of them, I remember one lady sent me something she made homemade from uh, Quebec, and it was a beautiful uh, glass thing with a lamp inside of it that said, the word is a lamp into my feet and a light to my path. And I have it over my piano. And I had never met this woman. And others just sent uh, cards and, and gifts of a sorrow, one, a comfort kit. And uh, mm. I, I just think the the body of Christ is, is far greater than my church here in Oklahoma. It's bigger than that. And I have to tell you, I can't wait to get to glory and meet some of these people and uh, see them face to face and the joy that we're going to have as we gather around the throne and sing praises to our Father. I, I'm looking forward to that time. So, yeah, the body of Christ is is so much bigger than uh, our little community that where we all go to church, and I'm so thankful for it. I, I love how you said that, and, and that God is so kind to give us a glimpse now, mm-hmm. um, in, even in the midst of suffering, of just to see uh, how beautiful it is going to be someday when we are all worshiping Him and with people all o- from all over the world, it is just going to be so, so beautiful. And it won't be about us. It'll be about our Lord and Savior. And it's going to be so wonderful. I love the opportunity to get a glimpse now <laughs> when I'm singing with other women to yeah. the Lord that I don't even know or in another language when I'm with women of another language. It just excites me. It it mm-hmm. just propels me even more towards my Lord and Savior mm-hmm. and to being with Him all eternity. Yeah. So that is that is so good, and I'm so thankful that you had that love and support, Susan. Um, that would be t- heartbreaking. And the thing that you said about the three months, I had been told that years ago, and I actually will mark my calendar when there's a loss of someone in our church, and I get a reminder. 
and it says, check on so-and-so, have them over for breakfast or, you know, something like that. Because I was told that very thing. And while I haven't experienced this loss personally, I, I'm, I'm so glad someone told me that so I could. Yeah, that's super practical. Yeah, very, very practical. We spoke in our season opener about suffering, as I mentioned before, and that we know God has designed it for a purpose. We do not serve an ambiguous God. You know, he he has lovingly and purposefully ordained all of our days from eternity past, and he doesn't waste our trials, but he works them together for good. So, Susan, can you share a little bit about your own experience and what the Lord has done and shown you through this experience in the loss of Doug? Yes, I, I would love to do that. I, it's almost too much to even share in one podcast, but I'll narrow it down. I A lot of things have come to mind, especially that first six months, how the Lord would just do amazing things. It was like he was a husband to me when mm. I didn't have one and ways he would send encouragement and little favors that would be shown to me from people in my church, things I couldn't do. And they uh, would just offer. And so I just saw his care for me that I'd never seen before. Um, also wisdom in making decisions. My husband was a very wise man and I, the Lord allowed me to go through another very difficult time, not too long after my husband passed and I didn't know what to do. And so I just, I really clung to the Lord. And so I would say my intimate relationship with him through prayer has just grown tremendously mm. uh, through the suffering because I don't have a husband, but I have, I have the God of all wisdom. And so I have gone to him over and over. And I, I guess I would say my prayer life has just in, been enriched. Um, music. I, I love music. I love to sing. I, I, I love, I love music. So I've been playing, I do play a lot of music and worship. And that's been really a blessing as I've gone through this. And then there's been a couple of times I've had a, a struggle and are um, here or there. And I have two ladies that disciple me have for 30 years. And one of them has been widowed twice. And I was with her one day for lunch. She'll be 90 uh, this November. And I was just telling her, I said, Carolyn, you know, it's just, I said something and she said, Susan, you've got to stop thinking about what you've lost and you need to start thinking about what you have. And I said, you're right. So after she told me that, I began every day uh, when I would get up in the morning and, and spend time in the Word and prayer, I started just writing down uh, things that I was thankful for every day uh, instead of, you know, not that I didn't petition, but I just wanted to start rehearsing the Lord's faithfulness in my life, the things that he was doing, the things uh, that were happening that I can't explain apart from him. And I have to say, um, widowhood didn't change, but my attitude changed. Mm -hmm. And I became more content in my widowhood. And instead of uh, thinking about what I'd lost, I was thinking about what I had gained now that I was by myself. And so um, that has helped a lot. And uh, as I just, I don't know, I've learned so much by being a widow. I've learned to be more content uh, than I've ever been, I think. I've learned uh, the importance of of intimate uh, prayer with the Lord more often throughout the day. Um, 
just the importance of the body of Christ and I don't know, so many things, uh, just how he ordains our every moment and every day and be thankful for that. So uh, I guess I've changed in just being more thankful, more thankful and more content. So that's a good thing that comes out of suffering. So as Thomas Watson says, a thankful person is a content person. And so I definitely want both of those in my life. So I'm thankful to the Lord for that. Wow, that's that's just really encouraging. You know, one one thing that I heard in that whole dialogue is you're still a learner, Susan. Yeah. You have <laughs> yeah. a teachable heart. You know, you know, as count, biblical counselors, um, if you were a counselee, you'd just be one of those joys uh, women to meet with. You have a high view of God that got you through this really rough season. You love music, so you're worshiping the Lord through song. Um, I love hearing that you're still being discipled. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> That's I need amazing. It, girl. I'm a case. Yeah, I have two women well. that 30 years have been trying to beat me. <laughs> well, you know, our inside joke is biblical counselors, aren't we all? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's a reason yeah. we got into it. It one yeah, a class one's, I, I one's just, eighty and one's ninety, so that's I've been privileged to have them both for thirty years. What a blessing! I mean, that so is a I blessing. Don't, I don't know what's going to happen when they go to glory. I'll be I'll have to figure it out. So, <laughs> but I just love that because you know you're still uh, just putting yourself in a, a very important relationship, and I talk to my students here about the importance of that all the time. And somebody did ask me. Um, if I was being discipled too, and I said, absolutely, <laughs> we always mm-hmm. that's that's God's strategy for the church. We need to be discipling one another and and then you have a thankful list that's practical. Um, I love that. I love your woman uh, widowhood didn't change your widowhood didn't change, but your attitude has changed. and that's just from I'm sure just your years even of just, not only treasuring God's word in your heart, but also casting your cares upon the Lord, full well knowing that he really does care for you. (laughs) You know, I mean, that belief system is just so important. Um, One of my favorite uh, verses in the Bible um, or passages is just Psalm 119, 10 to 11. I I meditate on it often um, where he says, with my whole heart, I seek you. Let me not wander from your commandments. I have stored up your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. And I always reiterate to my students that as you treasure God's word in your heart, it's just the best defense that you have Mm -hmm. against encroaching sin. And so for someone like you who has memorized and treasured the entire New Testament into your heart and is now doing the same with the Old Testament, are you able to, this may just be... (laughs) (laughs) This may be a hard question. I'm not sure if you're able to answer this, but are you able to narrow down at least maybe, I I, I hesitate to say one specific passage, maybe some specific Mm -hmm. passages that that have just ministered to your heart, uh, especially during this trial and loss, um, that have just really helped you to keep from stumbling or sinning, that have just given you tremendous peace I don't know if you're able to well, answer that, but give it a shot. It might sound a little strange to the listeners, and I apologize. But <laughs> but anyway, definitely certain things the Lord gives, the Lord takes away. Blessed be the name of the Lord, Job. And then my dad's favorite verse was Romans 8, 28. We, uh, we know all things work together for the good to those who love God, mm. to those who are called according to his purpose. But honestly, I would have to say a very, maybe not the norm passage for the listener, was because I was rehearsing and still am Ecclesiastes every day, I try to 
keep current uh, the book I've just done along with what I'm currently memorizing. So I try to review Ecclesiastes every day plus Genesis 1 to 15 every day. So as I was reviewing Ecclesiastes, honestly, the 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 verses, it's better is the day of one's death and the day of one's birth. It's better to go to the house of mourning than the house of laughter. And and just where Solomon says, you know, after you die, you're, nobody's going to remember you. And he comes to the end of the book and he says, fear God and keep his commandments. Amen. This is the whole duty of man for God is going to bring every work into judgment, whether it's good or whether it's evil. And I know that sounds very strange probably to some out there that are suffering, but it really hit home to me that death, we, my husband thought of his death every day. That was something he thought about. And because he thought of his death, it taught him how to live. And I thought, I want to learn through this. I, I've thought about my death more since he's passed. And because I know that we don't know, we don't know what tomorrow will bring. So I want to live every day fearing God and keeping his commandments uh, because one day, you know, I'll, my time will be up too. And in fact, my tombstone already says she, she fought a good fight. She finished the course. She kept the faith. And I've told the ladies in my church, if I don't keep the faith, go scratch that off. But, but it's, already on, <laughs> it's already on there. So I do think Ecclesiastes is wise. It's better is the day of one death than the day of the birth. And we should really give some contemplation to our dying because I think it will teach us how to live. And so I know that, as I said, that probably sounds strange. Um, to some of the listeners, but it's really, it played a big part in the loss of Doug. Um, and just thinking about his death and I want to, I want to, I want to follow his legacy. He led a life of love and humility and contentment. And I, you know, I want to be like him because he was like my Lord. And so, uh, it has given me a lot of pause and to think about death. So, yeah, I was just thinking about, I had a pastor that was really encouraging in that way, too. He often told us we should prepare for our death. That's mm-hmm. an important aspect. You know, you don't often think about that, mm-hmm. but prepare to die. He had a whole series yep. on that. You know, the, the focus has to be eternity, right? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Um, as we're setting our mind on things above where Christ is, and um I think that we can all say that there's been moments in our life where we are we're a little too comfortable on this earth. And so when suffering happens, and and this is one of the things um, that Richard Baxter says, God is preparing you for eternity in your suffering. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. so that really does tie in quite well with what you're saying from Ecclesiastes, mm-hmm. because the goal of of this is not our home. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that we are strangers and we are aliens and that we are headed toward another home every day. We are closer to that One home. Day closer, yeah. yeah. And so how are we living our life now, as you said, as we realize that we we are headed towards another home, whether it's by death or rapture, right? That's mm-hmm. right. Amen. Yeah. Mm. yeah. So, Amen. so yeah. good. I was so thinking good. of that teabag analogy that we use a lot, too, is the heat Mm-hmm. It just draws you out, you know, suffering um, helps you to see uh, just even different things that you prioritize different, you know, you get to see different things uh, in your heart and all of that as well, you know, mm-hmm. so many things that God uses in that. Sure. Yeah. 
Susan, do you think that that propelled you just to keep going even in your ministry of pointing women all over the world to Christ through your teaching? Yeah, I think it did. Um, you know, I know that my husband would not have been pleased if I had just sat down and, you know, gave up. He, I could just hear him saying, Susan, <laughs> the work of the Lord, go, the work of the Lord goes on. Mm -hmm. He said that after his stroke, I, I tried to cancel my speaking engagement after his stroke. Wow. And he said, no, the work of the Lord goes on. You're, I'll find someone to come sit with me this weekend. And he, I just could hear him saying that because mm -hmm. he was the one who got me memorizing scripture, studying Greek, studying history, theology. He wanted me to use my gifts for the kingdom. And so I could just hear him saying, don't do that, you know, don't <laughs> move on. And so I would just, I know that that's what he wanted. And uh, that has really motivated me too, because <clears throat> he was one of my biggest supporters. So Aww. that was the hard part was coming home from these trips and he wasn't here because that was when we would talk a lot, you know, about the, about the conference or the retreat and the women. And, you know, we shared life and that was, that was really, that was probably one of the most painful parts for me hmm. was coming home from these conferences and he, he wasn't here. And uh, mm -hmm. that was a little bit challenging, but I, I got through that. So it just took a while. Wow. So, I could see was, where that yeah. would be hard. Yeah. I know that's something my husband and I do after mm -hmm. I've taught yeah, anything, you know, we just, we talk about how, mm -hmm. our days, you know, mm -hmm. and so yeah. I could see where that would be uh, something where that aloneness you, that you would mm -hmm. definitely definitely feel that. But I know, as you said, this has strengthened you in prayer, right? And so you you take those sweet things that you've that you saw and that you're thankful for from the retreats and from the conferences, and and thank the Lord for them. And we're just so thankful for you, Susan. Um, and I, I'm going to go ahead and ask this question, but is there anything else just that you've thought about maybe on the topic of suffering that you would like to share with our women? Yes. Um, you know, one of the things that struck me almost immediately, I, as I said, I went out right afterwards. I had 12 back to back every weekend right after Doug died. And one of the ladies retreats I did, I met two widows. Both had lost their husband a year before uh, I, I arrived at their retreat. One of the ladies was glowing with joy, and she gave Debbie and I a gift, and just sweet as could be. Mm. And the other widow was bitter, and she had stopped reading her Bible. She was mad at God. And I remember leaving there, and I told Debbie, I said, I, and Doug had just been gone a few weeks. I said, I don't want to be like that bitter woman, reminded me of Naomi, don't call me Mara, call me bitter. Mm -hmm. And I think that motivated me because I had a choice. I could allow my widowhood to make me bitter, angry, mad, stop having fellowship with God, or I could be like that other woman who was giving a gift to me and Debbie, didn't ever, had never met us. And her face radiated Christ. Mm. And that that picture has stuck with me for the last year. It's like, I don't, I want, I want Christ to be put on display in my suffering. I want to glorify God in my grieving and I want to put him on display. And so that, that to me is something that I think all, all of us, no matter if we lost a child, a husband, our health, whatever, is Christ being put on display in our life? Do people see Christ in our suffering? Is he there? And if he's not, 
I think we need to evaluate where we really are in our relationship with him right. uh, because he should be put on display even in the midst of grief and suffering. So that was really, uh, yeah, a, a very clear picture in my mind. And I'm thankful the Lord allowed me to see that. I had a choice. I had a choice. So, and so do all of those in your audience that are listening. We have a choice on how do we respond to suffering. So. Yeah, it goes back to that teabag analogy again. Absolutely. You know, uh, it really does reveal what's in your heart. Um, and it's not that the loss of, of her husband for the, the person that was bitter um, caused her to be bitter, but it's a choice and there was something maybe going on there already. <laughs> right. That right. exposed the bitterness, yeah, right? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. But mm-hmm. wow, praise the Lord. I, I just love it when the Lord gives us um, just visuals like that to help us to think through that well. You yeah. Know? Even bad examples, right? Well, even bad examples mm-hmm. and just even mm-hmm. realizing that it's a picture like she said of what Naomi, mm-hmm. how she responded mm-hmm. to the death or the circumstance of her life, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, Susan, you have indeed displayed Christ in your suffering. And um, that that is so precious to us. And I know will be an encouragement uh, to our listeners. And I look forward to, because we do hear from our listeners, of how God is going to use this episode of how practically you worked through uh, in various ways, um, a very hard thing, losing your beloved. And um, I know Doug was beloved by many and um, not not just you. And so I know that um, you are being a blessing as you are still obeying your husband <laughs> and carrying on with the work of the ministry. <laughs> Even though my daughter reminds me, Mom, you don't have to submit anymore. He's not, Dad's not here. So I said, I, I know, but I know what he'd want me to do. So that's, that's oh, incredible. That's precious, it actually. is precious. It is precious. And it's, a, you know, for us, it, um, it, it, that'll be a reminder that sticks in our hearts if anything were mm-hmm. to happen to us just that yeah mm-hmm. and even how much more with our husbands living should this be a conviction and a, a quality that we should desire so wow listeners listen well <laughs> yes learn from yeah, one, of the, one of the things he told me not to do because i had knee surgery a long time ago because i walk every day and, and i ran one time during covid and i hurt my knee again he said I don't think you should be running. And so even when I go out walking, I want to start running again. And I can hear Doug saying, you shouldn't be running. <laughs> so so I don't. I just keep walking. But, uh, I know I'm not bound to the law of my husband because he's gone. But uh, but anyway, it's pretty funny how that you, that's just ingrained in you. So. It, it's ingrained and he had an impact. And yeah, um, so. that's just so precious to see, Susan. <laughs> and uh, just uh, even I met a widow this past weekend, and I mentioned that I had had uh, read some of her husband's writings. He was a biblical counselor. He was a, a, a fellow for biblical ACBC. And uh, she said, well, you definitely met the better half. Mm. And I thought that was so precious that uh, mm. Janie would say that, you know, and just with a smile on her face that mm. just and she had her wedding ring on her neck, you know, and it was mm. just so precious just to see that love that was still there and that wow. fondness that doesn't die. Um, mm-hmm. And and that's very precious. And I, I see that in you as well, Susan. So, Susan, thank you so much for for being on again. And we will not make it so long before we have (laughs) you on again. 
And well, sure. thank you, girls. Thank yeah. you so much. And yeah, when you really are in California it. near us, we <laughs> will have to have you come sit with us in the studio or over a cup of coffee or both. Definitely. Well, I'll be out twice next year, Vacaville and then uh, Mission Mission Hills Bible Church. I oh, think, yeah. In, well, that's pretty close. Uh, uh, yeah. Uh, near Costa Mesa, I think. So. Oh, Orange or, County. OC, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. Okay. Hey, by All the right. way, so, Susan, what are you teaching on at ACBC? What's your topic? Well, I've taught on it before, but I'm teaching on uh, the importance of scripture memorization and counseling. So oh, great. That's, that's what they want me to teach on. So Lovely. Lovely. So needed. Yeah. Yep. So needed. That's wonderful. And I'm glad the two of you are going to connect. Yes. yes. Hopefully we'll we run will. into Lord each willing. other again. <laughs> you have each other's phone numbers. That's so right. no, I think so. <laughs> yeah. I think I do. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Well, ladies, you can find all of Susan's teaching material on withamaster.org. Susan is also on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. You can watch her teachings yeah, on YouTube. It's, it's, it's wonderful. It it's is. a wonderful resource. Yeah, I, I love share, that. I share it with women all the time. So be sure to look Susan up. You can buy her materials on withamaster.org, and, and you can find it at other uh, book-selling venues as well. So... Be sure to look her up. Um, the Master's University, as always, is a huge blessing to Women's Hope. You can find Women's Hope at masters.edu slash women's dash hope. And we are also on Instagram, Facebook, and every now and then we're on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> so when, when absolutely necessary. So yeah. <laughs> anyway, ladies, I just want to do something a little different this morning. By God's providence, my scripture reading this morning was in 2 Corinthians. So before I just say goodbye to to Susan, I just want to encourage you to prayerfully listen to a passage that I read this morning. And I just think that it would be so sweet for us to just take in the pure milk of God's word and rejoice in our good God as we go about our days. And it's 2 Corinthians 4 starting in verse 16, and it says, Therefore we do not lose heart, but though our outer man is decaying, yet our inner man is being renewed day by day. For momentary light affliction is producing for us such an eternal weight of glory far beyond all comparison. While we look not at the things which are seen, but the things which are not seen, for the things which are seen are temporal, But the things which are not seen are eternal. Ladies, stay steadfast, immovable, and always abounding in the work of the Lord. Have a blessed day. Thank you for listening to the Women's Hope Podcast of the Masters University. For more resources and episodes, visit masters.edu slash women's hope. For more information on the Masters University, visit masters.edu. We'll see you next time.